Hi, I'm Tom Biggs and you're listening to Beyond the Numbers. Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Numbers. And once again, I am joined by one of our tax specialists, Mr. Tom Biggs. Tom, how are you doing? Morning, Chris. Yeah, good, thanks. Good. You okay? And, uh, yeah, all good, thank you. We're here to uh, assess or analyse the budget. We're about a week week since the Chancellor's announcements, and I think the, uh, the, death, the dust is settling, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think that, yeah, people have had a bit of time now to sort of take in the various announcements. Um, Read through the small print, eh, Tom? Well, exactly. That's, that's, <laughs> that's always the key with this, Chris, is that, um, you know, it's very easy for the Chancellor to stand up at the, um, at the box and sort of make these, make these announcements. But actually, a lot, of, a lot of the key with this is the detail that gets released afterwards and the fine print, really. So um, that takes a bit of time to go through, as I'm sure you can imagine. Yeah. Indeed, what he announces and what actually happens, uh, yeah, they have to be looked at carefully. So yeah. um, I thought what I'd do is I'll start off with a bit of the big picture on this because uh, once, you un- once you've got the big picture, that then gives context to some of the announcements. And uh, my sort of take on this, if you like, is that this is a Chancellor who's expecting inflation moving forward. And I think it's also a Chancellor who's quite concerned about potential interest rate rises. So one thing I think I took from this is that de- national debt is projected for the UK to rise to about 2.8 trillion going forward. Um, and the reason that I think he's concerned about inflation is uh, obviously you've had a huge amount of government stimulus. And basically that's a lot of that this time around has sort of put cash in people's pockets Sure, unemployment's gone up, but actually a lot of people have still re- remained in work and have almost been forced to save. So they've been at home. They haven't been, you know, commuting as usual, going out, eating, drinking as usual. So in a sense, there's a lot of forced savings. And of course, as things open up, so what you have there is pent up demand that might be unleashed on the economy. And then factor in that, you know, with COVID-19 and the pandemic, a lot of international supply chains have been smashed. So you potentially have a sort of scenario there, I guess, whereby um, you know, you've got a lot of demand chasing potentially too few goods, too few services, potentially. Uh, and when you have a situation like that, prices can rise. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a real risk, isn't it? I think. It is a risk, yeah. So inflation may be coming back as we know it. Yeah. And yeah. rising inflation could potentially force up interest rates to try and keep it under control. Uh, and that then gives the Chancellor a problem because it then potentially puts up the interest bill on the UK's debt. And if that happens, well, then our debt costs us more. Uh, and if our debt costs us more, that could blow a big hole in the government's budget and spending plans. So... I was watching spectator, spectator TV about a week ago, and they were saying, you know, if there's a one percentage point increase in interest rates, that leads to the need to find the equivalent of the education budget. Uh, if it's a two percentage point increase, that would lead to the need to find the equivalent of the defence budget in terms of our spending plans uh, and covering off the interest bill. 
So clearly the Chancellor is very concerned about this. Uh, and it's, it's this in particular, not paying down the debt, but just the fact that spending could be derailed by interest rate rises. Uh, this is why we had the budget that we had, which is one very much of tax rises, and I would argue stealth tax rises. Yeah. On yeah. that note, Tom, over to you, because I think the th first thing we're going to cover is uh, actually some of his spending plans. Talking of all the debt, we'll go on to... Extended uh, support, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... so um, We'll obviously come on to the various bits, Chris, but I guess the, the way I saw this is that the you know the, we we could we could sort of put the budget into into three sort of main areas from a tax perspective, I suppose. Um, first area that we talk about is um, coronavirus support um, and extension of, of various measures, um, uh, which obviously the transfer of sin is as um, as necessary given sort of where we are with the pandemic. Um, Second area is business tax. So there were changes to corporation tax um, on the horizon and uh, various incentives for spending, funny enough, which links into what you were saying about this pent-up demand. Yeah. Um, and then there were also announcements in regards to sort of it, not, not just personal tax, but tax for individuals generally. So things like capital gains tax, which we obviously touched on um, before the budget, um, uh, inheritance tax there were announcements on that that kind of stuff so so three main areas really that we can break it down to and that we'll, we'll talk about here so so the first one um coronavirus measures now we obviously sort of touched on some of these in our previous video um whereby yeah we, we were anticipating that perhaps he might he might turn around and extend the vat reduction for leisure and yes. hospitality um that was due to end i think it was at the end of march um so we talked about possibly extending that. Um, as it turns out, that's what he did. Um, so that has been extended until, um, uh, I think it's the end of September, um, uh, after which... Then what uh, happens, John? Then what happens after that? So, uh, so, so after that, there'll then be, rather than it going straight back to the standard rate of 20%, which is obviously yeah. quite a big, big jump, There's, there'll be what's called a, a transition period whereby there will be this new rate of 12.5% that will apply um, that will apply from the 1st of October through to the 31st of March 2022. Um, and then from the 1st of April onwards, then we're back up to the 20% rate. So, so actually, in terms of timeframes, although it goes up to 12.5% sort of from October, um, he has extended it by you know, effectively a whole year, pretty much, before we get back up to the to the main rate of 20 percent so um tick for us there chris we predicted it and hey, that, that, that crystal ball was working there tom it was good wasn't it that one it, so we worked, we, on, we worked on quite a few but not all of them on the money with that one um another one that we we talked about chris um talking about our crystal ball was the sdlt holiday um, land tax yeah that's it yeah yeah so obviously for people moving there was the reduction in um in stamp duty so you know in, in the vast majority of cases people wouldn't be paying any stamp duty up to um i think it was five hundred thousand the threshold um so that was due to end at the end of march um and as we talked about in the last video given the lockdown actually property transactions have um have been sort of slowed up so there was a risk that there were going to be some people that were um that were looking to benefit from this and actually they'd, they'd fall foul because um 
they would actually complete after the third they festival. They wouldn't, they wouldn't complete in time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. which so is obviously the that. Yeah. So, so that, that was extended to the end of June. Um, and uh, again, there, there'll be a, a, a bit of a transition whereby from the 1st of July, the 500,000, effectively like a nil rate band, if you like, where you pay 0%, um, that will be brought down to 250,000, um, which is still higher than what it, what it was previously. Um, what, what was it previously, Tom? Previously, I think it was 125, which is what it's going to yeah. return back to. Um, so it's gradually moving down that way. So it, it will gradually move down, yes. Yeah. So, so again, it's not, it's, not a, it, it's not a cliff edge, if you like, whereby we'll go from the reduced measure straight back to how it was before. We've got a bit of a transition period. So... Um, Another tip for us, Chris. We got that one right. Hey, well done. Yeah. Starting with all the good news, eh, Tom? <laughs> this is good. This isn't it? If any, it carried on like this, Chris. Um, so, uh, so, so those are two things that he's extended. He's also, and I think this actually came out the night before the budget, effectively, the furlough scheme, uh, which was due to end at the end of April, um, has been extended again. So um, that will run through to the end of September now. Um, so, are there, are there um, some subtle amendments going on there, though, Tom? There, there, yeah, so there, there are some changes to it. So, so first and foremost, um, for employees to qualify, they had to have been on the on the payroll and an RTI submitted by, uh, I think it was this, it was either the second of March or the third of March. It was either the day before the budget or the budget itself. Um, so that potentially brings for, brings forward the qualifying date, which previously was the end of October. Um, for, for, for the scheme at, at, at April. So for, for claims from May onwards, potentially a, a greater number of employees may qualify if they're on the payroll between that, that period. Um, also of note is that uh, from July, employers will start to have to contribute towards the furlough pay, similar to how it was before when it was being phased out or, or due to be phased out uh, back in October before it was extended for the first time. Um, so July, from July, employers will have to pay 10% of the wages. So effectively, to get to that 80% overall figure, um, the government will presumably pay the 70% of that, and then the employer will have to pay 10%. So effectively, they're going to start to, to contribute. Um, now, from August and September, that then goes up to 20%. So again, the government proportion will be 60%. The employer will have to contribute 20%. So even gradually though, increasing employer contributions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so, so effectively, you've got a scenario whereby if you've got someone on furlough and they're not doing any work for you, effectively, you've still got to contribute at least 20% of their furlough wages. Yeah. So, so same as how it was before, it's just being gradually phased out. And then when we, when we get to October, obviously, then the scheme uh, is due to go. Now, obviously, we were in this, that scenario last year. So I'll believe it when I see it, Chris. <laughs> well, I know, I know the, uh, some of the uh, sage scientific advisors saying well there could be you know there could be another outbreak in the winter yeah <laughs> Late well, summer yeah. going into the winter so yeah i guess yeah. We'll see that, i mean that, that obviously seems to be the plan that it'll be phased out completely as of october um yeah. we which, shall yeah. see we but shall yeah. see yeah. yeah so the jury's out on that one okay so the jury's out on that one but we, yeah in theory that's that's what's just happened um now similarly with the self-employment income support um Again, that was due to um, that was due to come to an end. There's now yeah. going to be a further two more grants. Um, so there'll be one that covers February to April, which will cover eighty percent of um, three months' average trading profits. Um, you need to have had your 
personal tax return submitted uh, for 1920 uh, by midnight on the 2nd of March in order to, to claim that grant. Um, so that one come in, and then there's going to be a fifth and final uh, grant, technically, subject to it being extended again, um, coming in that will cover May to September. Um, and that will be that that will be based on what effectively a turnover test. So um, if your turnover's fallen by 30% or more, um, your grant will be 80%, similar to the fourth one. If yeah. actually your turn turnover's fallen by less than 30%, um, your grant will be 30 uh, 30% effectively. So you've got a difference depending on effectively how how much you've suffered, if you like, how much your turnover's been impacted by coronavirus well, like so, COVID. Yeah. yeah so 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 an extension nonetheless which is obviously you know good news in terms of trying to transition out of um out of uh you know lockdown and hopefully if uh if the prime minister delivers on his dates for complete ease and things at the, the end of june hopefully we'll be back to some sort of normality i suppose Sorry, but... excuse me if he delivers all right yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> we will see chris so again who knows yes so um so yeah so an extension of all those bits which which hopefully will help um, you know, both businesses and individuals. Um, but obviously, they, you know, the, the plan is for them gradually to be phased out. So despite all the, um, the you know, the discussion from the Chancellor about the debt being where it is, um, first thing was that we're going to be spending more and extending this, which obviously <laughs> um, is, is just where we are. So so that's sort of the first... To be expected. Yeah. 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 So, that's, so that's support. Obviously, that's we're not support. covering everything in this because we could be here till Christmas if we did. Yeah. Um, yeah. That then, then we're sort of moving on to business taxes. Yeah. We're going to start with corporation tax. Now, you, you <laughs> Tom, you, in, in our previous video, which you can catch on our website and on YouTube, you weren't sure that he'd do this. You, 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 you were skeptical that he would go this route, but he has gone with it. What's he done with corporation tax? I was, I, I, I'll address that first, though, Chris. I, I was skeptical it, it, they'd get it through now, given where we are. And what I would say is that any changes are coming in in April 23. So I'm going to take this as a, as a bit of a. Oh, a it's a win. win. You think I, it's a I win? I think it's a half, a half win because he, <laughs> he wasn't looking to push it through now, but it is going to go through at some point. So, what um, th th this was kind of the. Almost a headline of the of the budget was corporation tax going up. So, the plan from April twenty three is that corporation tax will rise to a headline rate of twenty five percent. So, currently we're um, we're in a position where every every company pays nineteen percent, regardless of your profits or yep. size. You've just got one level of whatever size you are, you pay the nineteen percent. Nineteen percent on your taxable profits. That's right. Limited yeah. companies. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, What's going to happen from April 23 is there's going to be a headline rate of 25%, um, and that will apply to taxable profits over £250,000 in, in broad terms. There'll be certain um, certain rules like with associated companies, I think, where those thresholds will be divided by boot companies, that kind of stuff, but we won't, won't go into that for now. But in, in general terms, for a standalone company, um, if your profits are over 250,000, um, your taxable profits, you're going to be subject to a corporation tax rate of 25% rather than 19% as it is currently. Yeah. Um, now, for for sort of small companies, if you like, there's a there's almost like a what's almost it used to be referred to as like a small small profits rate, if you like. So, if your taxable profits are 50,000 pounds or less, you're still going to be at the 19% corporation tax rate. So, if you blow that, 
And what if you've been between? Well, you'll come to that well, in a minute, won't you? I'll come on to that, Chris. I'll come yeah. on to that. There we go. Yeah. Um, Preempting it. Sorry. So if, <laughs> so if, um, if your taxable profits are less than 50,000, you won't actually notice any difference in the corporation tax rate. Um, right. Which I think the Chancellor was quite keen to point out, actually. I think, he, I think there was something announced whereby he felt as though it would only be 10% of companies, maybe, that would be subject to the higher rate or something like that. But anyway, it's, you know, that, that, that's kind of where we are now. As you've uh, as you've stated, uh, we've obviously got a diff- we, we've got a, a, a difference between the fifty thousand lower rate and the two hundred and fifty thousand headline rate. Now, in between that, there'll be what they refer to as tapering. So you'll you'll within that rate, you'll pay a slightly different rate, which I think works out to be something like twenty six and a half percent technically on, on the profits within that band to get you up to the twenty five percent. So so effectively, you're going to pay a, a blended rate almost in between those bands so there's a bit of tax planning that, that can be done um around that and, and effectively certainly from a group perspective to try and make sure you're not within that marginal rate um but it, it, in essence chris this is basically a return to the corporation tax regime as it was back in i think it's pre-2015 there was effectively this marginal rate and these lower and upper limits so we're kind of returning back to where we were before. After um, all that, after George after, after Wilson, all that, we're, we're back to where we almost started. Back, back to where we were before, almost. Yeah. So, um, so, so, so that's yeah, that's um, that's going to be brought brought in as of April twenty three. So, um, yeah, the chance has been quite generous, if that's the right term, in giving you know giving companies effectively two years to kind of plan, if you like, for for this coming in. Do, do you um, do you think do you think there's a chance that this could be reversed? Say say the economy really does boom when yeah. everybody comes out and if the economy booms so the tax take should increase because people are out spending more income tax blah 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 blah, blah. is yeah. there a chance given it's got a, a fair chunk of forward planning to it that he might then go in a later budget actually our tax take is better than we expected on reversing the corporation tax change I mean, in theory, Chris could do. I mean, it's kind of, yeah, we get, again, we need to probably get uh, upgrade our crystal ball a little bit and um, <laughs> let it set the same sort of thing, I suppose. Yeah, but, yeah that 2.0 on it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, he could do. In fact, he's, he's saying it will come in in two years. He, he's obviously giving himself a bit of wriggle room to, to, to sort of, you know, turn around and say, oh, actually, you know, we don't need to, um, you know, we, we're great, we've done you a favour, actually, we're not going to bring it in. So, d- difficult to say. It could, could do. I mean, it, who knows, you know, over the last few years, we sort of, since snap elections and whatever else so you know if we find we have an early election before then before the fixed term um sort of parliamentary law kicks in then you know who knows what happened really but um, it's it's a possibility it could all be reversed okay depends so you've got to see what happens with inflation what happens with interest rates and what happens with the tax take to understand what might happen yeah through corporation tax going forward it's not necessarily set in stone yeah exactly yeah yeah that's right now, one thing sort of linked to, to the corporation tax, um, which is actually coming in uh, sooner than the, the April 23 uh, date, is that the Chancellor announced this super deduction, he called it. Um, now, I think he probably needs to get a new PR company because surely he can come up with a better, better name than <laughs> super deduction for, for this particular um, tax allowance. But basically, from the, from the 1st of April 21, um, yeah. if you incur expenditure on certain... Uh, they, they call it qualifying plant machinery generally. Um, so, so anything that you would have get, you, you would have previously benefited from main pool capital allowances, which is effectively a, it, capital allowances are basically a tax depreciation that you um, 
that you get off at a set at a set rate from your corporation tax profit. So anything uh, that you spend uh, after the 1st of April 21 up to the 31st of March 23, um, you'll get a uh, 130% write-off against your taxable profits for that expenditure. So in, in broad terms, if you spend 10 grand, let's say, on, uh, on a bit of plant machinery or fixed assets that would fall within that category, yeah. you'll benefit from a from a thirteen thousand pounds offset against your taxable profits. Now, the, the, the key there is it's offset against taxable profits, not against corporation tax. So, um, so reduce down your, your taxable profits. That then whatever tax rate is applied to in in future you know in future years at the moment it'd be nineteen percent. So, so, so less of your profits are subject to corporation tax. Yeah, effectively, it's going to reduce down if you qualify for that. Yeah, super yeah. deduction in yeah, terms of capital balances that you, you mentioned. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so, so effectively, you're getting an extra thirty percent of the of the cost um, written off against your against your taxable profits, basically. So yeah. Um, now the, the, the key is there that it's um, obviously capital allowances can apply to unincorporated businesses. It's not just companies that that um, are within the capital allowance regime. However, that super deduction. Um, one of the conditions to qualify for that is that you have to be subject to corporation tax. So by definition... So you have that, to be profitable, yeah. Well, well I mean, by definition, that super deduction is only available for companies, basically. It's not available Limited for... Limited companies, yeah. ...to unincorporated yeah. businesses, basically. So, um, so, you know, quite generous um, to try and offset, obviously, the, the sort of pain coming down the line in the future. But again, the, the idea of this, as I understand it, is that by giving companies a 130%... Um, offset against taxable profits is that it's hopefully going to encourage them to go out and, and spend money and get the economy going again, which is kind yeah. of what you know, what we spoke about earlier. So he's trying to kickstart the economy a bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, we're trying to yeah get the cost turned again, aren't we? Really, I suppose. So he's, he's in effect sort of reversing what George Osborne did. So George Osborne was less generous with the allowances, but reduced corporation tax from memory. Yeah, Rishi's Rishi's yeah. Rishi reversing that, going the other way. He, he's he's raising corporation tax, but being a bit more generous with some of the allowances. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, the, the, the thing is, with I think we spoke about this on the last video, Chris, is that with we, you know with the corporation tax going up, effectively because of their manifesto, they, their hands were to an extent tied. You know, they, their their manifesto that they got got elected on back in 2019, wasn't it? I think December 2019. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, um, was on the basis that they wouldn't increase. Uh, income tax, national insurance, and um, uh, VAT. Yeah. So, so this, really, is, this is a fine. chancellor caught a little bit in the headlights because his prime minister wants to spend and spend pretty big, right? Yeah. But at the same time, he doesn't want to tax that much more. And he's, he said, well, you can't touch, touch the following taxes, X, Y, Z. And Sunak's left in a bit of a sticky wicket as to what can he do? Exactly. Rates may rise, and he might have a big hole in his spending plans. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, a bit limited. So corporation tax going up. You know, whilst it's obviously not great, um, touching on what we spoke about before with you know Brexit and that kind of stuff, it's not coming straight away. But you know, the chances is currently a bit limited as to what he can do really until you know until there's another election and a and a new manifesto put in place. Really, so his hands are somewhat tied. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so somewhat, I say, because I'm sure later on we'll we'll talk about some of the other stuff. We'll talk about some of the other Yeah, that's that's yeah. right. Yeah. So um so that comes off capital answer. Now I just wanted to before we move on to, to the sort of individual tax if you like or, or you know personal tax, those sort of things, I just want to touch on um, another bit that falls within the sort of business tax um tax sort of 
section, if you like, um, which was a relaxation of the lost carryback rules. So, so in, right. in general terms, um, unless uh, a business, um, when we talk about business, we're talking about an un- unincorporated business or a company. Um, in general terms, you can carry back a loss to the previous year, and that's it. If you if you cease to trade, it, it's a bit more flexible, but we're, we're ignoring that for now. Yeah. Now, what the Chancellor announced is that actually there's going to be relaxation of that um, to take into account the fact that, uh, particularly over the last year, a lot of businesses have been loss-making, obviously given the, the pandemic and everything else. So to try and benefit from that, he's going to re- relax the loss carry-back rule so that rather than just carrying back for one year, you can carry back for up to three years. Um, which the, the future profits versus last three years worth potentially of, yeah, of yeah. losses so yeah so there's, there's going to be a bit of decision making here which is going to depend on obviously what your your future profits are going to be which if your company could go up to 25 percent as we just spoke about um versus uh the, the the immediate cash flow benefit if you like of carrying back to a previous year that may have been profitable and therefore getting a refund of your tax due but that's obviously going to be at a lower rate which would have been, you know, 19% or, you know, maybe slightly, just trying to think when the rates came in, but in broad terms, it would probably be 19% versus obviously carrying forward, but not getting that cash flow benefit for at least another couple of years, you know, if not longer. So a bit of consideration there, but the fact that there is a bit more relaxation of that, um, you know, it it is good for businesses, really. It at least gives them an option, um, particularly from from a cash flow perspective, to to tap into those losses that have been realised over the last year. Yeah. Um, so, so like I say, that that applies to both companies and uh, unincorporated businesses. So, you know, sole traders, partnerships, etc. So, um, so you know, good news for them, really, a bit more flexibility. Yeah. Excellent. So that that sort of covers that. That covers uh, organisations, companies off, and and then we're moving to individuals, Tom. And this is this is where it all gets a bit uh, smoke and mirrors, if you like. Yeah. So so. Uh, as we touched on just a minute ago, um, the Conservatives were elected with a manifesto that they wouldn't increase uh, international insurance VAT. So no income tax, income no tax national insurance rises. Yeah, yeah. So um, so fine. So so effectively, there's no, you know, Rishi was a bit limited in terms of being able to put up taxes there to try and reduce down our debt. So. What he he has done, which is a bit of a, it's 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 probably not correct to say it's a stealth tax because it's going to be dependent on wages rising, inflation, and that kind of stuff. But if if we work on the assumption that in general uh, inflation will go up, um, wage, wages you know carry that on an upward trend over the next few years, uh, there will be an increased tax take from income tax national insurance and a couple of other taxes that we'll touch on in a minute so yeah whilst he hasn't increased taxes in terms of rates and that kind of stuff um what he has done is effectively frozen thresholds and allowances so that as the, the idea being obviously the thresholds and the allowances will stay the same but if wages are sort of increasing over the years effectively you're going more okay. more people fall into higher tax bands. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Or, or as an individual, uh, as say inflation rises uh, and thresholds don't, well, then you find that a greater share of your income ends up going to the tax man because you're going into higher tax bands. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Then you might. Yeah. Then you would have if if those tax bands had risen with inflation. I think that's yeah. Exactly. Point. Yeah. So, so so over over the next um, so next tax year being. Uh, 
2021-22, the thresholds will go up slightly as they were intended to, which is generally in in line with um, sort of CPI, basically. So it will go up next year, but then from that point, they'll be frozen until April 26. So Five um, years, basically. Exactly, you know, which is, and again, going back to what we spoke about before, um, yeah, we're, we're going to see an election before then. So whether it does stay frozen to that point, we'll, you know, will be debatable, I suppose, because it depends on what, you know, what people are trying to get elected on. I again. think that's very stealthy, Tom. I think it's very <laughs> stealthy. <laughs> so, 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 you know, no, no, no direct tax rises for individuals. Um, but indirectly, if we work on the assumption that inflation and wages will go up, more people will be drawn, A, within... Um, Sort of income tax, national insurance, etc., and uh, and or into a higher rate as well. So, so what was announced, um, just to sort of you know, just to step away from that and give a, a quick overview of it, is that for, so for income tax, um, there aren't going to be any rises, but the threshold, so the personal allowance threshold, um, the basic ban, basic rate band threshold, etc., will rise in 2021-22, and then will remain at that that point until uh, April 26. Same thing. So from this April, from yeah. sixth of April, they'll go up and then yeah. be frozen for the and next be frozen, five yeah. years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, same thing will apply to national insurance. So the um, you know primary uh, earnings threshold, the lower profits limit, um, upper earnings limit, etc. They'll all rise slightly with CPI as as was intended anyway. Um, but then they're going to be frozen until April twenty six. Um, same thing applies to capital gains tax. The annual exemption is, um, is going to be frozen until April 26. The pensions, uh, savings, uh, tax and a lifetime allowance, that's going to be frozen <coughs> excuse me, until April 26. Um, and inheritance tax and nil rate ban, which we spoke about in the previous video, that is going to stay at 325 grams. Um, and also the, the resident nil rate ban, the, the other one for private properties, is going to stay at 175 grams until April 26. So, you know, we, we spoke about this on inheritance tax. Um, yes, we did. Yes. Uh, you know, the, the nil rate band, as we said before, has been 325 grand since um, 2009. So if this holds true, <laughs> it's going to have been frozen, you know, fr- frozen from 2009 to April 26 um, at the same level. So it's well, obviously a nicely learner, that one. Pretty good, isn't it? That? Pretty good, you know, especially with, you know, how property prices in particular have sort of risen in that point it's um yeah yes. not bad is it but nice, nice so, so so yeah so so broad terms no no direct rises but probably indirectly there will be an increased tax tax take through um through those measures yeah yeah got it so well i i'll put a personal opinion on that i think it's very stealthy as i said yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's healthy. Yeah, it's, it, it, you're right. It's, it's that. I mean, it, it, if you wanted to sort of, you know, um, look at optimistically, optimistically almost, you could say he's actually been quite clever because he's kind of he, he's kept his manifesto pledge by not increasing taxes, but by freezing it, he has managed to increase the tax take from those areas anyway. Yeah, so, yeah it's clever. It's it's, it's shrewd. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think Gordon Brown was um, particularly fond of freezing thresholds to get people into high yeah. tax bans and things like that. So it's, uh, again, it's sort of, he's either reversing what the, one of the previous chances done or he's reintroducing things from the past. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it's, it's similar, it's funny enough, because actually touching on that, it's not necessarily directly within that, but one thing that was brought in was this mortgage guarantee scheme, yes. uh, which, um, 
which is effectively you know a government backed scheme whereby um, people can tap into a to, to buy a property with a five percent deposit. Now, you you said just then about you know t- tapping into things that previous um, politicians brought in. This is fairly similar to the help to buy scheme that George Osborne and, and David Cameron brought in. Go on, go on, Tom. Give your opinion on that. Well, it's, I mean, it's, so stuff you stuff, stuff you read is that it didn't it didn't really work out the way that it was intended because effectively, it, it, uh, from my understanding, is it kind of pushed property prices up, which kind of then it becomes a bit so bit of a sort of vicious circle. Its intention was just to help like first time buyers onto yeah. the ladder, given how um, high pr- property prices were relative yeah. to incomes, average yeah. incomes, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the more so, you stoke up demand. Exactly, you know, prices go up, and so, so you know, certainly a lot of critics say that actually it didn't really work because it obviously pushed up prices, and then that that five percent deposit figure becomes bigger that people can't afford anyway. So, I guess we'll see what happens with this, but it's it's interesting that this was kind of you know announced, but it is actually fairly similar to the scheme that was really brought in, and, and I think it's due to be phased out as well. So, um, sort of similar to what you're saying, I suppose, in terms of going back to previous policies, you know, we look at corporation tax, that sort of stuff going back to previous stuff that was actually brought in. So, um, yeah, th- th- this mortgage guarantee scheme is another example of that, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So it's a bit like sort of fiddling and tinkering. There's a, a budget of plenty of fiddling and tinkering around the edges. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, really, I mean, apart from obviously what we spoke about, there wasn't a, ma- a massive amount it, when we look at tax, really, other than those, those bits there. But I think coming full circle and, and going back to what you spoke about at the start, the, the fact that he he stood there and talked about the debt pile and the fact that, you know, if interest rates go up, there is this big risk. Just because they haven't brought in some of those bits that we spoke about in the last video, so the capital gains rises directly, that sort of stuff, I'd be surprised if they aren't brought in at some point because, you know, my personal feeling is that the the reason he stood there and said, you know, kind of laid, laid it fairly bare to everyone that we are in this massive debt pile is that it, you know, it then kind of paves expectations moving forward that actually taxes probably will go up at some point. You know, not going up now, because of, you know, technically we're still in a lockdown. So not gone up now, it'd been difficult to sort of suddenly start pushing a lot of taxes up now. But I'd be surprised if some of those bits that we spoke about in the last video aren't, aren't actually brought in at some point over the next sort of few years or whatever. So it's your, it's your classic debt scenario, spend today, pay for it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, exactly, you know. And like you said at the start, really, this, this threat of interest rates going up is, is a real threat given, given the level of debt that we've currently got. Yeah, yeah. Well, all right, that's, that's interesting. I, I think that covers almost everything, doesn't it, Tom? I think so, yeah. Like I said, they were, they were the main bits. There's a few other yeah. bits in there, you know, fine detail and stuff, but they're, they're sort of, you know, the sort of main bits, really, I think, Chris. Well, I'll finish up on um, a topic that I've probably mentioned in, in posts and uh, on the Wellers blog in the past and in conversation with you on the... Uh, podcast i think uh, the biggest the biggest issue that i see that successive chances don't seem to address uh is is the state and size of the tax code so you know i believe it's now something like twenty one thousand pages or it was prior to this budget uh equating to something like 11 million words or 10 or 11 million words well that well that's that's almost as gargantuan as the uk's national debt and um, we have an office of tax simplification, and we've had that for a while. And yet, um, you know, the tax code, we don't seem to see legislation being cut or reduced. Uh, we just seem to see chances fiddling around the edges and adding more. And I think, uh, you know, that must be, 
no one individual can know what what all of that is and understand and, and know the whole of the tax code. It's too big. I think 11 million words, I think they're saying, is, is more than the average person reads in their lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, putting a personal opinion forward here, I can't see how that's good for the UK economy. The, the opportunity costs for people navigating the tax code, understanding it, filing their tax returns, uh, trying to achieve uh, legitimate tax savings using reliefs uh, must take up a huge amount of time and money that, frankly, could potentially be put into other possibly more productive means. I think you have to look back to the 1980s and Nigel Lawson for the last chancellor who actually started removing taxes and cutting tax legislation since since then, certainly through the 1990s, 2000s, 2010s, chances have just added more and more and more. And now we have this gargantuan book, if you like, that no one person could read the whole of in their lifetime, let alone understand it all. Uh, and I think uh, the Office for Tax Simplification, correct me if I'm wrong, Tom, but they seem to just be in anti-avoidance measures whereby for every announcement that's made, they then create more legislation to guard against potential tax avoidance issues. Yeah, I think you're right. I think there's, you know, to an extent, the trouble is that, you, you know, that there's, um, there's probably an element of, of kind of having to close certain loopholes and, and that kind of thing in the legislation. When, when things are introduced and are, are meant to be used in such a way, um, you know, it can often be the case that loopholes are found and actually it's applied in, in a different way. So as a result, you've then got to in, introduce separate legislation on top of what you've already got to try and close that off. So it's, it is a tricky one, Chris. It is a difficult one. I mean, it would, you know, just, just touching on what you just said there, really, if, if for nothing else, producing a tax legislation would be great for all the students doing their tax exam. Because when I when I did mine a few years back, <laughs> you know, you, you go into the exam and you're allowed the legislation there. I mean, the amount of books that you have, you know, there, there were various people that turn up with suitcases full of these books. <laughs> it's, it's insane. And you sort of see them sat on the desk there. So, yeah, for nothing else, just for the tax students, really, it'd be great to reduce down the books for the, that they've got to carry around because they're heavy. Just, just shows how clever you folks are, Tom. <laughs> Something like that, Chris. Something <laughs> like that. And on that bombshell, I think that's a good note. That's a good note to finish on. So, thank you very much, Tom. And uh, be sure to tune into the Weather's blog for more analysis on the budget and all sorts of other tax matters, especially corporation tax, which is explained on there. Thank you to Tom Biggs for joining me. Be sure to check the Weller's blog for more analysis on how the budget announcements could impact on your business, income and wealth. I'll be back soon with another episode. In the meantime, please do subscribe to Beyond the Numbers on your preferred podcast app. Do also get in touch with your feedback using the hashtag Beyond the Numbers. And you can tweet me at ThompsonCST and at Wellers SME. Beyond the Numbers is a Wellers production. <laughs>